Hi, welcome to our podcast. I'm Melinda V. Hey, I'm Caitlin Kelly, but you can call me Kate. And together, we're here to share the wisdom of woo. We're going to be speaking about grounding today, and I'm really excited to discuss that with you, Kate, because of your knowledge around crystals and Reiki. And I think it's really important. It's a pertinent time to be discussing grounding with Mars has gone retrograde. And what that means is to, well, we won't go into Mars retrograde um, in depth, but we will speak around the benefits of grounding during this particular uh, period, this signature energy of 2020, as we move into the pointy end of the year. <laughs> I don't like to say that because the whole year feels like it's been the pointy end, but yes, this this is an exciting time, a conjunction, oh, sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit about astrology, but a conjunction that's coming up um, hasn't been seen on the planet since the 13th century. Holy cow. Exactly. And this is a, it was a time, it was, um, I can't remember, I can't remember the particular historic event, but it, it birthed the Renaissance. And it was a time where old structures fell away. And we know that when things like this happen, there is chaos. And I often describe, or I have been describing this year and next year, sorry guys, as the storm before the calm. So grounding is such an important thing to be discussing right now. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> sorry, shake, just throw that in. in my boots. Shaking in my boots here. <laughs> I would say everybody needs to uh, grab their favorite red pair of socks and uh, undies, red or black <laughs> pair of underwear. <laughs> and let's Let's get going. <laughs> yeah, fill up their pockets with the crystals that Kate's going to share with us. Yeah. This is and start fun. growing trees so you can hug the life out of them. <laughs> Sounds like a word. And that's all we've got for, about grounding today. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cliffhanger for sure. <laughs> we can't just stop there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, we don't want to go straight into the crystals, but... Damn, it sounds like you say the pointy end of the year. Can you uh, get a little bit more in depth into the pointy end? It sounds pointy end. Sharp and scary. Yeah, so from now, (laughs) basically from now until the 21st of December, um, we have, oh, look, I wish I had it. I will look into it. Um, I'll, I'll read for you from it. But um, just briefly, like I said, we're working with a conjunction, a very strong conjunction that hasn't played out. Would you want me to read um, to you what my astrologer sent to, through to me last night? Definitely. Okay so, okay, so we have the big conjunction of Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter in Capricorn, a combination which represents a massive breakdown of structures that are past their use-by date for a new Earth to come through. The last con- time this conjunction occurred was in the 13th century, as I said, the time of the crusading movement, as well as the persecuting societies which saw the witch trials and the beginning of the Inquisition. 
However, what was birthed through this was the Renaissance movement of the 15th and 16th centuries. Da Vinci, I'm not going to pretend to be able to <laughs> pronounce that name. Um, uh, the humanistic, humanist, sorry, <laughs> philosophers, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a brilliant textbook on the occult philosophy, which includes the Kabbalah, which we can talk about in another session, um, et cetera, et cetera. So this is Shakespeare, Kepler. Um, so Mars, uh, who has been a keen player, as I said, in all of this year of 2020, whenever Mars connected with this grouping of planets, something big happened. On the conjunction of the 20th of March, the world closed down. The square aspect between Mars and the rest of them in August closed us down again, much more heavily. So the next uh, square aspect as Mars retrogrades back to Pluto will happen on the 10th of October. That's in Australia. So it'll be the 9th for everyone else or maybe early morning. And leading into the 14th to the 10th, so October, new Mars cycle on the same day as Venus meets the crescent moon at the heart chakra gate of compassion. And that's a whole other subject, the cycles of Venus. But that's just a little sort of heads up about what we can um, expect energetically, and which is a brilliant thing, but it can be uncomfortable for some, you know, as I mentioned in Ashani's email, if anyone wants Ashani's details, please reach out. She is my astrologer and Tree of Life Kabbalah teacher. And I've been working with her for many years. Definitely. Maybe so, we can include her information yeah. in a link. Yeah, yeah. She's now doing, yeah, she's doing Zoom um, readings now. Normally she doesn't do that, but because <laughs> Victoria's basically been in lockdown forever, um, you know, we all have to adapt and adjust to how we're able to serve people. And for us now, that's, you know, online. Right. Well, what it sounds like to me is, and I could not grasp everything that you just said there, uh, but it seems like I need to go research my history <laughs> lessons um, to figure out what happened in all these different centuries um, to see if history will replay itself. Is that kind of what you... Yes. Well, of course, it's going. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's. Well, this is astrology, so it's not. Um, it's not. We're not saying that history is going to repeat itself because we're you know seven, eight, or thirteenth century. So we're in the twenty first. <laughs> so that's like seven hundred plus years ago that this played out, and of course, leading into this is this took over a three hundred year period. And I think I've spoken about this before when we. We're on the precipice of a new age, which we are now, the age of Aquarius, which is a 2,000-year cycle in my understanding. These things just don't happen overnight. You know, it's not just like a couple of months of dodgy stuff. <laughs> this this <laughs> takes a couple of hundred years to ease into this. And I'm not saying that there's going to be a couple of hundred years of mayhem, but we're, we're at we're at the dodge, you know, we're at the precipice of it, and that's why we're seeing there's a breaking away of the old that does not serve us. And we're seeing that. I mean, the, you know, with the fires in the US, with the violence on the streets, with, with this, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to get political, but with what's playing out with COVID, this is all part of this, um, as I say, the storm before the calm. And it's, if you can keep yourself grounded, if you can keep yourself in the light and in love, then this is not going to be as bumpy as it will be for people who are living in fear. Hmm. 
Living in fear is definitely not the way to do it. <laughs> I'll go with that. Uh, being grounded is scientifically an effective way of mm. uh, being able to cope with many, many things. There, actually, there was a video that I had watched. It was probably on Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> I hate admitting that, but um, it was a scientist. And if I can find that, I'll put that in a, in a link as well. But he had talked about just sticking your feet on the earth and feeling the vibrations and how so many of us just don't do that anymore. Because if you think about it, when is the last time you actually put your feet on the earth? Being part of being mindful and into woo-woo, maybe you've put your feet on the earth more often than other people have. Um, but if you really think about it, your feet are in shoes. Maybe they're in flip-flops. If you take them off, perhaps you are just walking on blacktop or a sidewalk of some sort. You're not on the grass. You're not feeling Mother Earth. You're not healing with nature. Mm -hmm. And there is something to be said about getting into a puddle. When I talk about going around and splashing in puddles, I'm talking about the ones that form in my yard, <laughs> not the ones that are in the streets, because there is something so beautiful to grounding, because it really does allow for you to center yourself and feel like you're one with nature, one with the earth, and brings you to a present moment. Absolutely. I love that. And it's so important. And yes, that's, that's a good point. How many of us do take our shoes off and put our feet on the earth? I know that I have fake grass in my <laughs> courtyard, so um, I don't bother with that, but I do have a massive tree. And I'll, I'll share with you um, one of my morning rituals that I had um, many moons ago when I was living in another Bayside suburb in Melbourne, I would get up in the morning, I would walk along the beach and put my feet in the water or hands, depending on the time of the year, and set the intention that I was clearing and releasing what did not serve me. And so I walked along the beach to say for 20 minutes. And then luckily for me, I'm very blessed, across the road was our botanical gardens. Oh, and wow. so I would go into the gardens and we have these big... Um, Oh, Morton Bay figs, they're called. They're huge trees and they have the roots come up out of the ground. So I would sit on the root ah. and feet on the earth and set the intention that um, my, my muladhara, my root chakra at my tailbone, at my perineum, that I was grounding, sending down into the earth what did not serve me and bringing up strength and grounding and calmness from that tree give it a bit of a hug give it a bit of a smooch <laughs> let the tourists take photos of me and off I went <laughs> oh and oh man it's, it's so great I used to I used to completely feel like watering the flowers in our garden at my house was just this task and the more that I've been in touch with my metaphysical woo-woo type side, I've realized I really actually enjoy that. There's something about it, but I need to be out there barefoot and I want to be on the grass. I don't want to be walking down the sidewalk. I want to not only 
just stand there and be with this. This definitely sounds woo-woo, guys. <laughs> I want to stand there and just uh, sometimes I talk to the plants. I want to be a part of the growing process. And I think it's so beautiful just to watch all of the different, we grow produce. We've got so many different roses and I'll, you know, hose down my legs and stuff like that with water as I'm out there. And it's just a really, for me, it's just soothing. It's, it's a part of the day that I'll either do it in the evening or, or bright early in the morning. I mean, obviously you don't want to scorch your flowers, but at the same point in time, it's just, it's really nice to wake up and do something like that. Or before you go to bed, it's so nice to just wind down. Absolutely. So calming. And there's science behind this. I think you mentioned that before, and we'll add a link um, to that particular article. Um, because yes, yeah, this is not woo. <laughs> this is not woo at all. This is science. And I think it's important also yeah, to, I mean, I talk to my plants. I mean, again, there's been experimentation around that, you know, screaming at, you know, obscenities and, and whatever at plants. Plants, oh, plants. I couldn't imagine what doing am that. I from? No, and, <laughs> and, you know, having one, even with it's, if it's fruit, you know, there's been experimentation. This is documented, um, this is science, basically, documented research around this. Uh, water, you know, changing uh, the structure, the molecular structure of water. So I speak to my plants as well. I tell them how grateful I am for them, how much joy they bring me, how proud I am of their growth. And, you know, let me know if I'm, if I'm watering you too much, if, I, if you need water. I have a, I don't know what the plant is, but I could hear it calling me, go, water me, <laughs> I'm thirsty. And it was like, oh, but you look okay. And then when I went to the pot, I was like, holy crap, it looks like I haven't watered it for a month. Um, so, you know, you tune in. And I know that sounds strange to some, um, but for me, it's, it's a very, you know, I talk to trees all the time. I had my tree in a, another Bayside suburb that I lived in, Harry. And we would have a chat, you know, he would ask for a hug. It's important to know when trees are willing to give and when they're needing nourishment as well, whether where you can take from them and where you can give to them. So I, I've done a, a tree talking course. <laughs> Wait, he had a as name? You, yeah, Harry. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I thought that's what you and, said. Uh, I thought his name yes, was Harry. Yes, his name was Harry and um, he was amazing and I miss him, but I'm not allowed to leave, you know, more than five Ks and he's outside my radius, but I uh, send him love and all the trees are all connected. They all speak to each other anyway. Um, we so have okay. a, we have a tree named mother maple in my, Oh, lovely! yes, she's beautiful. She is uh, one of two trees in our yard and she has a fire pit underneath of her and we gather around her and she is she is lovely she Aww. also likes to spread all of her little baby maples everywhere all the time <laughs> um, yeah she's oh i love that a gorgeous tree i can't tell you how old she is but she's she's old and it's important to ask for permission before you enter the energetic realm of a tree because as i said they're in different phases where they whether they need energy or whether they're giving energy but i think 
what I wanted to talk about too, and I know we'll move into this, but I had someone mention when I was talking about grounding, I'm in California right now, I can't go outside, how can I ground within my home? So they, you know, mm. they can't go out and put their feet on the soil, they can't hug a tree, maybe it's been burnt down, I mean, which sounds very dramatic, but do you know what I mean, if they're yeah. in an unsafe area? So let's talk about ways that we can ground within the home. Sure, sure. Well, first and foremost, definitely sending lots of love out to everybody that is in California. Um, mm. That is And Oregon and every other oh, state yeah. that's on fire. It's just devastating. It sure is. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in a state where your air is being depleted. Poisoned. Yeah, that's... Wow. So grounding is really important for them right now, especially mm. because your fight or flight is being invoked right now, especially. Yes. Um, so that's going to be a massive shock to your root, root chakra. Whenever you're talking about survival, wouldn't you say that's a, a root chakra? Yes, because that's around a sense of um, uh, root and sacral uh, security and yeah, survival, absolutely. Right. And yeah, so it's, I mean, there are, I mean, we can, we can talk about breath work, we can talk about crystals, we can talk about um, visualizations, um, food. You were talking earlier about red socks and red undies oh, and, yeah. or black well, undies. Sure. Which is, uh, it, which is you know, it, it's, it seems sort of too easy and overly simplified. But like we've spoken about in one of our earlier episodes, everything is about intention. The power is within you, not in the red undies, <laughs> not in, the, although, in the red socks. Although I have noticed this um, before, which is kind of funny. Occasionally I'll run into, uh, not even occasionally, a lot of the time I will run into people and they, not physically, but I'll run into people. <laughs> That's good. Because that would be a sign of not being grounded if you ran into someone. <laughs> True. Uh, but I'll, I'll be speaking to somebody and they'll, you know, have an issue. And of course they're coming to me because of being empathic or whatnot. I'm putting off those vibes. So they come in and talk to me and I'll ask them to check their socks. And depending on how well I know them, I'll say, what color underwear do you have? <laughs> <laughs> You know, which one did you pick out today? A lot of times people will actually pick out the color of clothing closest on their body to them that they feel as if they need help with as per like the chakra system. Mm. So mm. I've noticed that if you need help communicating, you might put on a pair of blue socks or a pair of blue underwear. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yes, there definitely can be intention behind all of this, but there's also the subconscious manifestation mm, working as well by way of which you're picking your articles of clothing. I know it sounds wild, but everybody take a look real quick. What color socks do you have on? Well, I am. Let me go and see what I've got. Oh, I've got blue on. Perfect. As we're doing a podcast. White, root chakra, blue, throat chakra. Nailed it. There you go. I... I'm in bare feet. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, and pink. Um, not my socks. Heart. <laughs> yes. Always the heart. heart the heart flaps. <laughs> Beautiful. And a green top. <laughs> there you go. Again, heart. 
Exactly. Red. And a, ooh, Muladhara, so the root chakra. Yes. You're all over it. I'm not going to check. I'm not going to actually. I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, we'll just stop there. It. We'll just stop there. <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> a lot of times yeah. people, if people don't understand, if y'all don't understand where I'm coming up with these colors, um, definitely take a peek at any chakra chart. Also, Roy G. Biv, Know Your Rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Those will give you your different chakra colors. And that's how you can relate it to the different spaces on your body as well. So Mm -hmm. that's how you can know. Yeah. So that's just one. That's your clothing option for grounding out there. In In the home. Yes. California. And you're not able to go outside. And... What other things that we can do? So I like to ground with tapping, EFT tapping. You know, you'll probably hear me talk about that in most episodes. Yes, tapping is great. It is. It is is great for grounding and putting, um, you know, the hands on the body, so to speak, on acupressure points, which is always going to ground you anyway. And we can simply, you can simply take a moment, close down your eyes, wherever you're sitting, if you're sitting down, connecting with the breath and not needing to manipulate or change the breath in any way, shape or form, simply noticing it moving in and out of the nostrils. And by doing that, you're going to slow down the breath and that helps you move out of fight or flight and into rest and digest. Feel your bum in the seat, feel your feet on the ground. It can be as simple as that or take a few deep inhalations if you feel that you need to. Um, Telling yourself that I am safe. Yes. I am worthy. I am here. I am protected. Any wording that you want to use around that, but really sending your awareness down to the feet, sending your awareness to your muladhara, to your root chakra, to the tailbone, perineum area, and just feeling that connection. That's just a simple way. Yeah, and working with the breath. Visualizations, for those of you who are able to do visualizations, taking a chain or a cord of some type and imagining that either around you or from the waist or as a tail and reaching deep into the earth. And I'm not talking just through the dirt and just through a couple of layers of dirt. I'm talking to the core all the way down and sink that chain down. You're not being pulled down. You're sitting where you are, but it's just the type of meditation that I have personally done to allow myself to know that I'm safely planted right here. Or even think of yourself as a plant and your feet are part of the plant and the roots and they're growing down into the ground. Whatever it is that you can associate yourself to being attached to the earth but also able to freely move at your will where you feel safe that is grounding that is safety that's where you can breathe that's where you want to be beautiful yeah i love that i do that as well probably not often enough but it's a beautiful way to ground with through visualization if you're able to do that um, going back to the chakra system, if you're with football, actually everything for me relates back to the chakra system, everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is beautiful. So if you're not aware of the chakra system, um, 
yeah, inform yourself if you feel to do so, if it resonates with you. Been running chakra workshops for years and love it. Um, and it's there's so much involved in it. We could we could speak about it for hours. But in regards to grounding, you know, root vegetables will help you ground. You know, we're talking about undies and socks, eating potatoes, carrots, um, beets, anything. Beets, yeah, they're red, right? Or eating. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan either, but anything that's a root vegetable is going to help you ground and anything that's red. So, you know, drink that bottle of red wine. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here no, first. Cranberry juice. 21 plus. 21 plus. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Well, 18 plus in Australia and 16 plus in Europe. So, you oh, know, you know, your, okay. you know, the laws where you are. So we're not encouraging underage drinking and I'm, I'm being a little bit silly, but I'm sure you understand right. what I'm saying is it's red. So it's, yeah, if you drink cranberry juice, if you eat raspberries, you eat a red apple, you eat strawberries. Mm. I'm running out of red food, but you Tomatoes. know what I mean? Yuck. Tomato. Tomato. Oh, you don't like tomato. <laughs> oh, do you not say tomato? You say tomato, I say tomato. I mean, you say potato. Yes, you say potato, and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> but you what know what I mean. What other red foods do we have? Red M Ms. Red M Ms. No, we don't want to put refined sugar into our body. <laughs> just, thank you very much. Just kidding. Um, what uh, else is red? I don't know. Send us in the red foods. <laughs> Let us know what red foods we've missed. Hey, listeners, tomato what soup? red food do you like? Um, I don't eat a lot of red food, to be honest. Hey, Google, what red foods are there? Red foods. Cranberries. Yeah, I said cranberry juice. Yep. Pomegranates. Yum. Yeah. Palm juice. Cherries. Yep. Yeah. So red things. Red things are great. Red things Mm. are... But not chemically enhanced, not, you know, red food additives, bollocks, you know, and that's another, it's a really good, um, we speak about the three gunas, uh, which is a yogic term. We have um, sattvic food, we have tamasic food, and we have rajasic food. So we want to avoid rajasic food. And that is rajasic. If you're in, if you're rajasic, you're overstimulated. So that would be food with lots of sugar, uh, caffeine, things of that nature, things that get you hyped. Uh, If we talk about tamasic food, that would be anything that's meat, that is um, canned food, that is potato chips, you know, low vibe food that's chemically enhanced. And we want to avoid that because that's going to have you feeling um, (laughs) lethargic and that's not grounded. That's you know, that's not being grounded. So then we come to sattvic and that is plants. That's a plant-based diet. And that is anything that is uplifting, anything that's taken straight from nature, hmm. that's not been um, modified in any way. And that is a pure diet. And that will also help you keep you grounded. The high vibration food is yes. the way to be. Yeah, so we're talking organic. I mean, you know, it's you can also bless your food as well. I mm-hmm. mean, it'd be I'd love to see someone bless potato chips or crisps or <laughs> see how that right. goes. It doesn't it doesn't um, feel right to do Reiki over my bowl of ice cream, but it does feel <laughs> well, good. It's organic. It it's not. <laughs> it never is. <laughs> it's chocolate peanut butter cup from a local 
gas station called Turkey Hill. <laughs> it's never organic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it feels good to do Reiki over a beautiful salad or some mm. cucumbers or zucchini that I've grown or something like yeah, that. Beautiful. Absolutely. It, it feels Perfect. better to do that. Raise yeah. your vibration by eating greater foods for you. Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard people speak about, um, I've got a friend who we might even get on here who's, um, she's a medical intuitive and she's also a trained physiotherapist, etc. And she speaks a lot and she works with diet and nutrition and she speaks a lot about setting the intention around the food that you're taking into your body. Um, I'd love to hear her opinion on chemically enhanced food because, you know, we are what we eat. I mean, it, we become what we eat. We are what we eat. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it turns into cells in our body. So think about that. That it's, I don't want to <sighs> think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, I try my, not always my hardest, you know, I, I feel like when I'm in, when I'm tired and I'm grumpy and, you know, whatever else is playing out and I'm being lazy and I've left it too long to eat, you know, to give my, like, I need to eat now. <laughs> the Angry. me now and the me in 30 minutes is going to be two different people if I don't put some food in my mouth. So yeah. sometimes that's, you know, that's not the best form of nutrition for me, but you don't want to be too hard on yourself as well. You know, take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind, really. <laughs> okay. What about some, so some other grounding methods for within the home? I love what you mentioned, Kate, around that visualization of sending down roots into the earth. And for me, I will, depending on what I need, um, I will imagine when I send them way down into the depths of the earth, into the core of the earth through the sediment, through the rock, that there's a beautiful, for grounding, a beautiful garnet or a red orb that I wrap those roots around and I release what does not serve me and I pull back up that strength, that strength mm. up into my root chakra to help ground me and, yeah, and move forward with the day. That's gorgeous. That feels, yes. that feels really nice. I like the idea of hearing other people's visualizations too because not only can you essentially try to do that type of visualization but if you are in a meditative state or even attempt to do it yourself that type of thing can just morph and change into something of your own too because you can state it however you would like to but I'm going to see it the way that that my mind's eye is going to want to see it so you know, I'll move and change things. I love that. I think that's great. Absolutely. And for those people who struggle with um, visualization, the root chakra has a mantra. And um, this is very grounding. And the root chakra, it, the mantra for the root chakra for the muladhara is lam. So you can sit with that you can have it you can go on to youtube you can have that playing in the background while you sit in a meditative space you know and again taking your awareness to the root chakra to the perineum to the tailbone and chant lam lam and continue to do that for as long as you need to 
and that and while you can you know you breathe deeply so breathe i wasn't breathing properly then but breathing down into the the stomach and repeat that mantra or as i said if you feel a bit weird about <laughs> uh chanting that then have it playing in the background if you live in an environment where you know you don't want to be disturbing others pop your you know your earbuds headphones whatever they are in and just have it playing and that will that will ground you there's something about a chant as you listen to it, I, for one, am not comfortable chanting personally if there are other people around, just because that's how I feel. But listening to someone else, whether it be monks with Om Mani Padme Om or um, Lam or Ram or, you know, any one of them, mm. um, there's something very calming about that. And it's almost, it's almost like a white noise, if you will. Mm. It gives you that feeling of easing your brain into a space of, again, presence, the mm. here and now, the what can I focus on? I can focus on my mm. breath, the count, mm. you know, beginning with a counting of your breath, then fading into just focusing on breathing, you know, and if you don't know how to meditate, Focusing on the words, focusing mm. on just focusing yeah. on that root chakra. Yeah, Chok absolutely. Chakra. Chakra. Chakra, like China. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> funny because my, um, uh, the Swami that I um, learnt under from, <laughs> um, Swami Shivananda, <laughs> was a medical doctor and before he became a, a Swami and he uh, practised medicine in Malaysia. Correct me if I'm wrong, any of Swami Shivananda's disciples or followers. I don't like the word followers, but you know what I mean. And he realised when he was treating patients, he would give them mantras. He would give them um, mudras, which is a, a finger lock. And he realised how, how the mantra actually sped up their recovery. And that's mm. what had him move away from medicine and into yoga and teaching that. And I just, I, I love the power of 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 mantras, of, of the yoga philosophy. There's so much to learn within that can, that can help people. If you move away from, you know, some of the um, sort of dogma around it, if you will, and go to the purity of what it does. And it, it's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, Sanskrit is a root language. Mm. And there's so much power within it. And it's, and it's the vibration of, this is why it's important to enunciate, to pronounce, excuse me, the words properly, because it's not about the actual word. It's about the vibration that it creates. And as we've spoken about, the, the universe doesn't speak English. It doesn't speak Sanskrit. Maybe it does, but it speaks <laughs> vibration. So it's about the vibration. And when you, when you, like with Om, you know, that starts down in the root chakra and moves its way up through the chakra system, you know, it's A-U-M, it's not O-M, it's, but, you know, <laughs> my, the Swami, another Swami that I met in India told me there are three parts to the word Om, and she, I don't know if this is true or not, but she told me that they spell it O-M because Western, <laughs> they dumbed it down for Westerners. <laughs> I completely <laughs> because Because they're like, O-Om, O-Om, if they're trying, <laughs> trying to chant Om. Oh, 
Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Everybody does a um. <laughs> yeah. Have you well, seen the, um, have you seen the video of, I mean, there are many, but there's recently been one with a crying baby and this really beefy guy. Oh, yes. Huge muscles. And he says uh, something like, just give me a second. So this baby's screaming mm. and he's just standing there. And all of a sudden he takes that deep breath and he focuses mm. and he just lets out a great ohm. Mm. And that baby within, I don't know, three, four seconds is back to sleep. And it is, it's mm. the vibration. And mm. you can tell that it's the vibration because that baby isn't being, you know, coochie cuckoo, you know, you know, nobody's yeah. like Googling over this baby. Nobody's shushing the baby. He's not rocking the baby. Mm-hmm. No hushing happening. It's a deep feeling and vibration. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's soothing. Oh, so soothing. And the belief is behind um, OM is that was the sound of vibration that was felt, that was heard when the universe was created. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's so powerful. It's, I'm getting, you know, chills as I mm-hmm. speak about it. There's such a resonance and a beauty behind that, the simplicity of that, the simplicity and the power of mantra blows my mind. I wish I knew more of mantras when I was speaking of botanical gardens. Uh, I was at one in Florida a few years ago, and they have this stone that had a natural carving um, out of it. So there was this, like, I can't really explain it very well, but basically you're to put your head into this piece and there's a note that you're supposed to hit with your voice that allows for this resonance to happen. And so I'm there like, ha, 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 nothing, <laughs> ooh, 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 nothing. And this little kid walks by. He goes, oh, no, it's way lower than that. And he's like, I couldn't hit it. Because he's like this little dude like going through puberty. He's like, no, I can't. I can't <laughs> His voice hasn't it. broken yet. Right, right. Um, so I'm like. Oh, like I'm trying to get as low as I can. <laughs> and finally I hit this, this beautiful note and I have no idea what it was, but it's just this overall vibration. You can feel it in your head, your, your shoulders, wow. your neck, your chest down through your legs. It feels like the floor. I mean, it's outdoors. It was gorgeous. Mm. I mean, I felt weird making like this manly sound, but <laughs> you <laughs> yes. know, in public, mm. um, but it's just, it was an incredible thing. But I'd love to know uh, what and if that would have resonated with any of the mantras as mm. far as like, you know, what key it's in. Vibrationally. Vibrationally, yeah. 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 So I well, feel like I need to look that up. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so powerful as well. So coming back to... Um, grounding. I just wanted to touch on a couple of more things that people can do at home um, for grounding. And that was pranayama that I wanted to speak about. And and specifically, well, there's four count breathing, which is um, if you want to visualize perhaps a square in front of you. 
and of course you take time to <laughs> ground ironically um, but to make you know feel your bum in the seat etc feet on the ground can take your awareness to your breath and then imagine that you're inhaling up one side of the square so inhaling to the count of four across the top of the square holding for the count of four going down the other side exhaling to the count of four and then across the bottom, holding to the count of four and repeating that as many times as mm -hmm. needed. And that will make you, that will take you again out of fight or flight into rest and digest. And just a little addition to that. I don't know if, if you've heard this, I have tested this portion of it. So it works for me, um, but I don't know how valid it is for other people. If you do a four count breathing or the box breathing, um, but you're actually putting your back against a wall, it makes you feel very safe and secure as well. Mm, so that's just beautiful. another way of bringing yourself into feeling safe because it gives mm. you a feeling of um, not feeling alone. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And you could, yeah, and if you're able to get outside back against a tree, for me, that's a chakra oh, yeah. alignment as well. Um, connecting in with the tree, of course, asking permission first because you don't know what the tree is going through. <laughs> Maybe mm. you're like the 15th person that's wanted to ground against it that day. But, um, yeah, back against the wall, I love that. Um, another one is analoma veloma, which is alternate nostril breathing, and this balances the two hemispheres of the brain. And I'm not going to give an example on here um, mm -hmm. because... It's quite visual, um, but I'll ask you if, it, if you feel to, to research it and give that a go. And I use that quite a lot. And also with the, you know, you don't have to do the entire sequence of tapping to be grounded. You can just tap on the top of your head very gently. Again, always working with the breath. Um, can we, is there anything else that we can do? I mean, I'm sure there's many, many things that you can do to ground and we've just covered um, a few of them. Well, I can't think what about, have you got anything? I mean, obviously we haven't spoken about particular crystals. Oh, should we get into Kate's crystal of the week? All right. So <laughs> Kate's crystal of the week, all about grounding stones. I think we should start with the stabilizer of the stones. Um, also known as the shaman stone. It's used for the brave. Um, I'm referring to red jasper. Uh, red jasper is a beautiful, warm, calm, loving type of gentle stone. It's nurturing. It's, it balances emotional stressors. Red jasper is obviously it's red. <laughs> so it's going to go right along with your root chakra. And something that I quite often forget is, and as I was looking at my red jasper earlier, I noticed a little speck of dirt on it. And that's what I used to do with my red jasper in order to energize it, is I would bury it in the backyard. <laughs> that's a really good way of energizing root chakra stones hmm. bury them <laughs> bury them overnight makes, makes yeah. sense yeah let the moonlight hit the grass hit the dirt hit, well you know in your case with the fake grass you may not want to bury it there <laughs> but yeah that's one way to 
Yeah, it could be difficult to try and bury, dig up the fake grass. <laughs> yeah, just peel it back, stick the stick the rock <laughs> under it, and just yeah, it may not it may not do what it needs to. Um, but yeah, so. red jasper is uh, a beautiful. Like I said, it's very nurturing. So mm. it's definitely good for beautiful. travelers too. Mm-hmm. Also, they're pretty affordable. Jasper is very underrated, uh, and there's so many different types. Mm. So, oh yeah go get you some jasper <laughs> absolutely yeah i have lots of jasper um and yeah it doesn't like in the sort of tumble stones and it doesn't yeah cost next to nothing i particularly i, I mean i wear it all the time <laughs> she's flipping me off <laughs> my, well i wear it on my middle finger my um garnet my red garnet we know that it comes in green and I don't mm-hmm. know what other colours, but red garnet for me is quite grounding and um, petrified wood. Yes. Oh, I have and a beautiful also, piece of that somewhere. And I really like galena. So whenever I'm in um, a – we have a, a warehouse here called Crystal Universe and, you know, there's it's for me it's overwhelming. I <laughs> One of the first times I went there I almost passed out. <laughs> Because there's all the, the different vibrations of all the crystals. I was like, the owner <laughs> came rushing up, got me a, a cup of water, sat me down and put a big chunk of galena in my hand and said, sit with this. This will bring you back and it'll ground you. And it did. Um, although it leaves residue all over your hands. Uh, <laughs> like you've yeah. just read a newspaper or something. Yeah. Some stones are kind of dirty <laughs> yeah. as yeah. far as like leaving some sort of remnants behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love your ring. That, that red <laughs> garnet is so, yes, the one on your middle finger as she <laughs> flips me off again. Any excuse. The bird. Um, yeah, it's one <laughs> of a kind. One of a kind. Gorgeous. Um, people ask me about it all the time. It's also, it's also my, you know, don't mess with me. I'll bop you in the third eye with this. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Not that yeah. I condone violence and I'm only joking, people. Calm down. I would never hit anyone. Except for maybe a Karen. <laughs> I said that under oh. my breath, hoping nobody heard it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I was at a, it was like a gem show. Oh, God. I don't know how many years ago this was. Um, walking around there, you know, high as a kite off of just everything. I mean, you go into those places, energy (laughs) is just like through the roof. I feel like I'm walking like three Mm. or four feet off the ground because my feet just feel like I'm trying to swim through this place. Walking in Uh, Memphis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the song. Isn't that the song? Mark Cohen? Yeah. Hey. Not Michael Bublé. Six, six, oh my God, Michael Bublé. We love you. <laughs> um, yeah, walking with my feet six hey. feet off the ground, right? Yeah, maybe. And I, I have to go the through the... I, that's the lyrics I sing. <laughs> I, have to... <laughs> I have to go through the whole song in my head in order to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to sing it, and I'm not. I'm not a about to kill anyone. I'm not going to burst into song either because every time I do that, I make you cut it out of <laughs> the episode. You haven't listened gonna... to the last episode yet. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I'm walking around and I feel this incredible pull to this 
this one little booth. And it wasn't really like a magnetism to any particular energy. It was to this guy because he looked just like Merlin. (laughs) I was like, this guy is awesome. He's either Santa or Merlin. I can't decide. (laughs) So what time of year it is. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) And I feel like it was like September. So he's not quite Santa yet. So (laughs) Point is, magical phase. Right. Point is, he says, um, we're, we're talking about different types of stones. That's where I got my mystical Merlinite or Indigo ah. Cabro. I got that from him. And mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about that stone today. That one we're going to save for an know, M episode. <laughs> oh, M? Oh, yeah. Sure. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, we can talk mean? about all things that start with M. Perfect. <laughs> sort of magical. <laughs> Jesus. When we run out of ideas for podcasts, yeah, yeah. we'll start going through the alphabet. The alphabet. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Anyway, I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. He, um, he and I were just talking about different stones and I got this head rush and I said, woo. And I had to hold on to a table and he's like, oh, you're really affected by the energy of these stones. I said, yes. You know, he's like, you're one of them. I said, I am. So he's like, here, have a seat. So he unfolds this chair and he sits, he sits me down. He's like, recover from that for a second. I said, okay. And then he takes these two stones. He's like, I want you to hold out your hands and I want you to close your eyes. And he puts in my hands two black stones and he calls them harmonizers. Have you ever heard of this? Okay. I believe mm-hmm. one, and please listeners, let me know if you know what this first stone is. I think it was hematite, the first one. The second one was shungite. Oh, yeah. yeah. So shungite is the stone I want to talk about because I brought home a piece of that. When I held those two stones together, he said, right hand is for one of them, left hand is for one of them. It sends this energy through your body. My Mm -hmm. eyes would not stay shut. They just kept flickering around. It was a wild experience. So of course I'm like, yep, I'll take one of those. So I brought home some shungite. Shungite is an amazing stone. It's black. Uh, So anybody that doesn't know what it looks like, it's a black stone. It's um, almost... It it depends on what you get. Mine personally is like a matte black stone. Mm. Um, it is for transformation and life. It's believed to contain all of the elements of the periodic table. So oh. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Uh, basically, anybody that's a healer of any type, like a doctor or a nurse, should have some shungite. I, honestly, everybody should have shungite. It is such I don't think a I have any. Great, oh, you should have some. Every I'm when they let you, us back out again, I'll buy some. Everybody should buy it. Is quote unquote the anti everything that will harm you stone. That is oh, what Shungai is. Okay. I'm <laughs> yes. gonna, shall I? Oh, I'm going to order some online because I won't be able to buy anything until the end of October. Yes. And not happy, Dan. Just in case you're listening, do get your act together. <laughs> right. I'll say it again, the anti-everything that harms you stone. So amazing. It balances, it cleanses, it aligns. It's Shungai. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is a brilliant piece. 
And there's something yeah. about this particular piece that I have. It feels heavy in my hand. It takes on all this warmth. I that's how I can tell if a stone and I like vibe, if you will. If it mm -hmm. takes, I have really warm hands from Reiki ever since I was um, attuned Reiki too. I've my hands have never settled down. Well. They did for a little bit, but they're back. So my mm -hmm. hands are very warm all the time. Mm -hmm. And if a stone, if I'm holding onto a stone, even if it's super cold and it turns really warm, really, really fast. I mean, generally that happens when you hold onto something, but if it yes. turns warm very quickly and holds on to that for quite a while. It. Yeah. That's yeah, just, you know, I can you just that's feel when it. You, you, yeah, well, that's what we're teaching, right, about intuition and everything that relates mm -hmm. to that. And, and the more that you are in touch with your intuition, you're going to know the difference between whether it's, it's that warmth is a resonance, a vibration that resonates within you or whether it's just, you know, because you're, you're holding something. Right, right. But the shungite, everybody go do yourself a favor, get it. Get it, get it. As for the Australian get listener, it. as Molly would say, do yourself a favor. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. No, no. Because I'm not Australian. Too. It's I'm not the, Australian. Oh, my God. Here we go. It's for the gorgeous <laughs> Australian who is listening right now. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself some shungite. Shungite. That one. I don't know about the X. Shung, I say shungite. What did you say? Shungite. Oh, cool. Okay, I don't know. Because, you know, the accent, your strange accent. I never know. <laughs> and now, some mindfulness with Melinda. Thanks, gorgeous. So I'm thinking, you know, about grounding. I'm thinking about the Mars retrograde. So mindfulness, please, please, please be mindful around your thoughts at the moment. There's a lot of air energy going on and this keeps us in our head. And when you find yourself maybe moving into anxiety, this is the perfect time to ground. So take your thoughts out of the mind into the heart and move into your breath as we've explained in the episode. This is the ego playing out when you're in your mind, when it's filling you with um, anxiety, negative thoughts, etc., taking you away from being grounded. And as we mentioned before, it's as simple as placing your feet on the ground. It's as simple as moving your attention to your breath. And we're going to speak about ego in our next um, episode. And we really look forward to seeing you there. So that is Mindfulness with Melinda. Hey, Melinda, you want to do that one thing that we do at the end of the episode? Sure, Kate. Until next time. Woo-woo is what we do-do. Bye. Weird but wonderful purple turkey washcloth. The purple turkey has a washcloth. What? No, hold on. <laughs> I was talking to Melinda I yesterday and I asked her to say something in her American accent. So she said, purple turkey washcloth. And I responded with what is probably super offensive <laughs> <laughs> to Australian. Yeah, Paul Hogan, not impressed. So I said, G'day, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
You want a shrimp on the Bobby? And she said something that can't. No, it was very explicit. But you said something. Oh, the whole yes, we throw Australian-sized prawns on the Bobby. If you eat prawns, I don't. She said something way worse than that. But it was about Paul Hogan. And how rude! Oh, (laughs) then I said Foster's Australian for beer. Oh my god. Any self-respecting, <laughs> any self-respecting Australian wouldn't drink Foster's. <laughs> Foster's, uh, yeah, okay, no, no, we wouldn't. It's for the tourists. Teddy, the tourist, loves a Foster. She said, "That's for that. That's for the tourist, the American." Why <laughs> do you sound English? <laughs> oh no, I can speak in an English accent, but I can't do an Australian accent whatsoever. Do I still oh, yeah. sound it? English, yeah, you English, yeah. Co- oh, is that, is that Cockney? It's a bit of soft Cockney. I don't know. I'm a it's- soft Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Jesus! Oh my God, am I blushing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. It's too early for me to talk about soft Cockneys. <laughs> I think we need to end this episode. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a good crystal for soft cockney? <laughs> That's going on the outtake okay, reel. We've moved away from grounding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Next week we're going to speak about ego, which may or may not release to relate to soft cockneys. <laughs> <laughs>